Welcome to Sudbury Scrub, a 40k podcast for the Sudbury community, season 5, and today I am going to be going over uh, the Space Wolf Codex. This is the Space Wolf Codex review, and for these things I'm trying to get somebody in the community that really plays, that's really in the weeds with these armies, to help me review it and really get a sense of it, because I don't. I don't play Space Wolves, I don't know these guys, so I want somebody that's an expert at it. And for this one, I'm picking somebody that uh, he's not actually from Sudbury. He is from down south. However, he makes it up here for a number of events during the year. So I'm really, 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 really glad that he agreed to come to this. Because I think he's uh, he's a pretty good player. And I'm uh, excited to be here with him. So uh, I'm here with William Backhurst. William, Bill, or Billy. Which do you prefer, Billy or William? Uh, I go by Billy. Billy, thanks so much for being here. No worries. Uh, so go ahead, actually, kind of introduce yourself here right now, just uh, in case anybody from the area that hasn't been able to uh, enjoy a match with you at an event or see you at an event, uh, tell us about yourself. Okay, uh, yeah, so I've been playing for a while now, probably since about 2011, that's when I really started getting heavily into it, but it's only been in the past probably two years or so that I've started to... Uh, not like losing as much and I've started to get into a bit more of the competitive scene um, and I have really started to dissect my army which is Space Wolves and uh, start to try to figure out how to make the list work because before the Psychic Awakening we were in a really really tough spot um, pretty a mono build army which was 30 wolf and run it up the table and I, I just didn't, I didn't really like that. So I was trying to figure out new and exciting ways to, to create a an army that suits my build and isn't so boring. And uh, I started to get a little bit of uh, luck with it. I've won a couple of smaller events, uh, helped win a couple of larger events with my team. We were up at uh, Sudbury a couple of years ago for the Basement Collective. We did fairly well there, and uh, come up every year for the. For the beer and pretzels that's my one of my favorite tournaments to go to the atmosphere is hilarious and most guys will probably see me first round up against mark yeah that's, that's my uh have got a, seems to be how it works it's quite fun oh yeah the two of you got a, a long-standing grudge going and yep. uh, the fact that that he finally took one i think i think you're like what three wins to his one or something like that uh yeah for for him he just was through the roof like he said he was. He could have said, "Screw it, I'm off. That's it. I'm. I'm good. I'm taking this this win and going home." That could have been him. He was that. Oh, he was that happy about it. But honestly, that speaks to just what high quality player you are, because you've. Uh, he's honestly gunned for games against you each and every time to really do his best, and you've pushed him to a whole other level each of those times, and you take it from him, and you don't give him an inch. So that, I, I think, really speaks uh, to the quality of both your generalship but also your sportsmanship because you keep coming back with them on that. And I think I love those little rivalries. They're the best. Yeah, I, I really I enjoy it so much. Um, I'm actually really, really hoping. I'm praying that somebody will drop out of the Grinning Demon because I want to be there. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to potentially going to that because... Mark will be there. Not that I'll grudge match him, but I, I love to see how he does. And uh, I just enjoy the, the atmosphere up in Sudbury. It's quite fun. 
yeah, we try to be a good, a good fun group. <laughs> yeah, it's it can be very cutthroat down this way. We have a lot of really big heavy hitters, and sometimes you just want to take a step back and just go, you know what? I'm gonna have fun this weekend and not just sweat at the table worrying about everything. Uh, well, I mean, I, I I am a little overweight. I'm not that sweaty. <laughs> you know, I, oh, I say that right now as I'm sweating. But, you know. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get into this review. Um, I think the most important thing right now is to just kind of recap for a lot of folks. There's a lot of newer folks in Cyber Separate has been having a really fantastic amount of growth in the game. So uh, let's have just a quick discussion of what makes the Space Wolves the space wolves uh now the main things beforehand like you said you know there there was always that mono build of doing uh you know a bunch of wolf and space wolves have been known for a long time to be able to have guys on the thunder wolf cavalry that's a a big iconic unit for the guys all their main guys are uh some people would be tempted to kind of say oh they, they are the basic marines that have just kind of been transposed that used to not be true like you know gray hunters and long things like gray hunters were your tactical marines long things were your devastators uh but now with the new codex you really kind of have been brought into the fold on a lot of things and that's where this new supplement really now says okay these are the units that are specific space wolves nobody else can take can take them everything else uh, you, you kind of have been able to both expand your unit range, and I think also what you are, the Space Wolves are capable now of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you, you're, you're completely correct on this. Um, like, I started back, in, I know there's some old, old-timers out there who kind of laugh at this, but I've been playing since the beginning of 5th edition with Wolves, when, they, when His Majesty Phil Kelly wrote the Codex. And uh, that's kind of the standard that I I always hark back to, is that that Codex in 5th edition was phenomenal. And it gave us so much flavor, and it was honestly my... I still to this day love that Codex, and I will actually go through it and uh, just reminisce about how awesome it used to be. Uh, but now, yeah, we we've, we certainly have some unique units, like you were saying, the Wolfen and the Thunderwolf Cavalry, and we have our two flyers there. I'll get into those later. Um, but now we get access to some nice Gucci gear from the actual Space Marine Codex that Gucci we've never gear. been able to touch before. And in a Wolves list, some of them actually are really viable. That's cool. I, I, I like that t- term for it, Gucci gear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the big things that I'm seeing now for Wolves, and and I would say actually this is, if anything, this is to me the big thing. Because uh, I've seen Wolves throughout the ages since 3rd edition, and something that really kind of got lost i feel uh in the newer editions and i'm so happy to see it come back is the idea of counter charging mm-hmm. way back when i remember when you charged space wolves they would charge you back and it was mm-hmm. like oh my god these guys suddenly are all all on top of me and that kind of went away with last edition especially where it just kind of went to just characters that had, you know, an extra heroic intervention range, which was okay. But now, the new supplement is out. Every single unit has heroic intervention if it's a space wolf. Yeah, that is... That is really... That's bananas. I thought that was really interesting. That was really interesting. At first when I saw it, I kind of went, 
well, is it really that good? Like, I like the fact that my characters could heroically intervene six inches. It, it was, you know, a very heroic feel. And then I kind of sucked my teeth into it, and I was wrapping my head around it. And I thought, no, this is way better. Because you can Every still do the six-inch one. Yeah, I can still do it. Yep, and uh, the, we can get into that later we as will. well, because that's going to catch people off guard. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, for example, we and you were talking, and, okay, cool, I'm going to put my, let's say it's my Wolf and Dreadnought. I'm going to plonk him right down there in the middle of an objective. Okay, try, you're going to try to steal my objective from me. Fantastic, you're trying to be sneaky and not attack me. Okay, cool, well, I'm going to heroically intervene into you. I'm going to make sure that, that I kill you and deny you that point, that five points. And uh, it, I'm going to be laughing because I'm going to just win that way on primaries if you're not smart enough about it. The thing I always think of, coming from my direction of, of how I've had to kind of tackle the, the addition is a lot of times where I'm trying to like throw units kind of as roadblocks on people uh, as a way just to be like, hey, I just need to keep you out of range of this objective for just a while longer. And I'm terrified now to do that to Space Wolves because that's totally not an option. I have to be at least four inches away from them. And like, I don't know, that just gives you a whole lot more space to work with, to try to get around me, to try to cut through me, to try to jump over me, anything like that. I can't get right up to you and just kind of kind of do Red Rover, sorry, you can't go past this line right now. I, I can't do that against Space Wolves because you guys would be able to heroically intervene around me the whole time. Or if I charge anything, anything that's two units together, I have to fight them both. I am not going to have an option to not do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Roadblocking has been for a very long time a very, very uh, effective way at slowing down fast, heavy-hitting uh, armies. So you're going to, yeah, sure, I'll sacrifice my guard unit or my acolytes or my uh, dire avengers or guardians or whatever. Yeah, I'll sacrifice them, sure. But it's going to be in your turn. Now that's changed. Now it's going to be, okay, it's going to be in my, uh, the opponent's turn where I'm going to heroically intervene. I'm going to pile in and then I'm going to consolidate around you and I'm going to get my extra three, four, maybe even five inch move. Yeah, almost nine inches here. Three inch, con uh, three inch heroic, three inch uh, pile in, three inch consolidate. That's crazy. That's yeah, amazing. And there's certain characters that actually can give you even, even more. more movement. Yeah, wow. It's it, That is really amazing. Now, the other thing that uh, I feel has just recently been added to the wolf concept, the space wolf concept, and I really like it. I don't... I, I, jury, I feel, is still out on it. I didn't really feel it too much last edition. Uh, the idea of Segas. I think, I think it's a really neat idea. Um, especially, though, because maybe just the Codex was so much weaker before, you didn't really see it a lot. But yeah. the idea that you have a guy that then, uh, you know, kind of goes around and he achieves something and now everyone else around him gets better, I thought was pretty cool. And I feel that this new edition, this new Codex is really kind of taking that and it's saying, okay, here's, uh, we have this tool, let's expound upon it a bit more. And I think that's something that's going to catch people off guard a lot as well. Yeah, so there was a lot of confusion in the last, last Codex that came out. Um, it's just because of when it's the saga, when you complete your deed and when it gets activated. And that was causing a lot of confusion at the beginning. 
but they marauded it and they FAQ'd it and it was as soon as the the phase following when you have completed your deed that's when it takes effect and so a lot of the times you're going oh fantastic that's so helpful for me this yeah, turn because it's already it passed <laughs> um, yeah and it's still kind of like that but it's um I don't know it's it's a mixed bag in my view of the, the sagas and how it works because for example in the actual space marine codex your warlord trait is it's usually the utility ones they immediately take effect you immediately have an aura um everyone benefits from it within you know three or six inches or whatever it is yeah but with space wolves we have to do something in the first place for it to not just affect the warlord itself but everyone around him so it is a very fluffy kind of design i can see what they're trying to do i don't necessarily like it so much but there's ways around it and um I, I like that that we can now kind of get around it so now like i said i don't i don't have the codex you got the codex in front of you right now is that the case still then that uh if you complete a saga it's not um, i always thought that it was immediately active so it's like hey i finished doing the deed <laughs> which that kind of sounds dirty um <laughs> i finished doing the deed and so now like everyone gets the bonus is that not the way it is? You have to wait until the next phase? Yeah, so according to the, the supplement on page 49, um, you can attempt to complete a deed during the battle. Those that do so will gain a Saga ability. Each deed, and so each Saga ability, is associated with a specific Warlord trait. If a character accomplishes their Warlord trait's deed, then at the end of that phase, they gain the associated Saga ability for the rest of the battle. Oh, that's the word right there. End of that phase. Yeah, so there's some of them where you go, well, okay, it's not going to take effect until maybe turn two, if you're unlucky, maybe turn three, and then by that point in time, it's not going to be as useful, because mm -hmm. you're going to be up in your enemy's face, hopefully hitting them with lots of chainswords, power fists, and thunder hammers, and it's not going to be as effective, except for one that I can see that is super, super usable. There which, were... will be, um, which will be the uh, the saga of the wolf kitten. Like that one is that one's going to be seeing a lot of the table usage. Saga of the wolfkin. Which one does that do again? Okay, so for the saga of the wolfkin, um, the the warlord, what he gets is he always is treated as um, for for shock assault. Mm -hmm. It it always is turned on for him as well as he always makes an additional d3 attacks instead of one so that's what he has built in baked in right so his saga so his aura that he will uh, exude i guess after he completes his deed which is just kill an enemy model just kill one by the result of a melee attack your your warlord is going to kill one model yeah. right but the saga, the aura, is that any friendly core space wolf unit within six inches of this model, that um, that unit will always have, be treated as having shock assault as well. So there's yeah, there's two sagas, there's two warlord traits which are the wolfkin and the hunter are always going to be used. You're very rarely going to see the other 
yeah. in my opinion. Well, actually, you know what? It's kind of interesting that because uh, I'm going to jump to one specific stratagem right here because I think with this new codex, you cannot talk about this codex without talking about the stratagem. And that's the deed worthy of a saga stratagem, yep. which allows you for, I think it's two command points. Uh, you get to just say, hey, this guy has completed an action which um, would normally uh, activate a saga, you know, which would mean normally your warlord. You can't use this on your warlord, but on any other character that doesn't have a warlord trait, you can do it and it's like, bam, it's active, it's ready to go. And I could really see that one being extremely useful, especially for that um, saga of the, what was it, the hunter? Yep. Yeah, because then it's like, you're not even having to telegraph a play at all. It's just any character gets through, it gets active, and then next turn, if you're still in combat, you still get to fall back in charge. If you're not in combat, you get to start advancing charging. Yeah, it will take, from what I'm hearing, it's it's not nearly as good because of that whole end of the phase thing. But yep. uh, it still sounds pretty darn darn useful. Yeah, but to be to be fair though, right? It's all you have to do to have that go off is charge an enemy That's unit, it. which is super easy to get off. And yeah, that I'm thinking that the the hunter and the wolfkin are going to see a lot of play, especially the hunter, because guess what, boys and girls, it says here that a core unit can can fall back and charge. And guess what? For example, Thunderwolf cavalry are they're core units, baby. Oh. Yeah, and they are, and combine that, yeah, with that, uh, the ability to make those heroic interventions. Like once you're in your opponent's face with the with the space wolves, it feels like, from the sound of it, it sounds like you're never going to get out of being in their face. Yeah, it, they're they're a very smothery army, which is kind of funny because back in the day, space wolves weren't like that. They used to be a, I'm going to sit in the middle of the board and I'm going to just lay down a stupid amount of firepower. So plasma, crack missiles, I'm going to throw so much at you. You're going to come at me and then I'm going to go to fisticuffs with you and we're going to trade pretty evenly. Maybe I'll come out on top by a small margin. But they used to be just a heavy, heavy firepower styled army. Uh, that's how they were in the lore. That's kind of what they were in the, how they were portrayed in the rules as well and that's how i used to play them and then and now they've kind of gone from more into more of a close combat oriented army so similar to you know what the blood angels are and um i i, I like it i'm not gonna lie the combat phase is my favorite phase oh same here <laughs> well i i love seeing that because i've always thought space Wolves they should be a close combat army like <clears throat> They are the Emperor's executioners, and you're, unless you're a Vindicar assassin, you are not executing from a range. No. <laughs> no, no. You're getting up in their face. That's it. Um, Alright, so I think then, let's go ahead and talk about the Gucci Prada purse that is the Marine Codex that you have right now. Because now okay. you finally get access to some of those things that you couldn't get before, which I think are things like... Uh, what couldn't you get before? Well, we couldn't get um, Storm Ravens. We were not able to get um, 
centurions of any of the devastator or assault variety um those were the uh, thunderfire cannons we were never able to get those and they're just uh, out of popularity <laughs> yeah just in yeah. time <laughs> yeah which is it is what it is um but you know what i think the 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 storm ravens have an interesting kind of utility just because of their ability to drop a dreadnought right where i want them pretty quickly mm -hmm. or or the i'm not gonna say the devastator centurions because they're expensive they're quite pricey but uh, definitely the assault variety they're they have some interesting abilities now like i i think they fit the assault centurions definitely fit with the wolf's play style because i can outflank them wolves are able to outflank and i can plop them in wherever i want and the plus one to hit when they are charged they do charge or make a heroic intervention means that my those big old power fists or seismic hammers they're hitting on twos and they're minus four and they are what is it four damage a, uh, a hit that's sounding very similar to me to like one of the reasons everyone was so scared of assault centurions uh back with the last Space Marine Codex and Raven Guard. So are, are you thinking that the Space Wolves could be the new guys to make these guys work? I think with the... Well, I think they are expensive, right? They For a squad of four of them, or three of them, it's 250-odd points. So it's around the same as some Assault Terminators. They have higher toughness. They have higher strength, yes. They have one extra wound, yes. But they also don't have an invulnerable save, so they are going to be out in the open, and they're going to take some heavy firepower. So that's going to be a problem. But it's it's the delivery system which is the the problem. It's getting them up because they're very very slow and they can't deep strike in naturally like Terminators. So it, I have to figure out. I have to do some play testing to see which one performs over the other. But I, I think that they could see some play. I think they're they're going to be like a, a sneaky dark horse pick. Interesting. That is that is very strange. That is not strange. I mean, that is very that would definitely be a very unique way to try to do it. Um, all right. Well, I've, uh, any other combos with the Marine Codex that are because I mean, you get access to all, don't you, you get access now to all those warlord traits and stratagems too, right? Yep. Yep. Um, nothing that I've really seen jumps out at me. Uh, the Outrider bikes, they would they fit very well into a wolf army, I think. Just again, because of the amount of attacks that they have, how fast they are, they'll be hitting on twos. And the, uh, the Assault Doctrine, those sixes to hit are going to proc into extra hits. So I think that they're also going to be uh, see quite a bit of play potentially with the wolves. Um, I don't think things like ATV bikes, I don't know, oh, the uh, the eight Invader ATVs, I don't think that they will as much, um, see much play, see much time on a wolf's list. Yeah, and it's cool. mostly because we don't get access to apothecaries. That's true. That's right, you don't. Yeah, and without the apothecary, they're not bad, but I mean, they're, they're certainly not... You would almost rather just take more of the bikes. Yeah, so I can take my, you know, my attack bikes instead. They're cheaper, less shots, less toughness, less wounds. 
but they're I can fit more in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good reason to do it. Um, so I was thinking, uh, I was looking through you. You had graciously sent me a few uh, scans of the codex, and one of the ones that you shot over to me were the this new unit, the Hounds of Morkai or Morkay. Morkay, Morkai. Yeah, the Hounds of Morkay. Morkay. There we go. Um, so I took a look through it. From what I'm understanding, this is kind of like a wolf special unit of Reavers. They got an anti-psychic uh, bend to them, uh, mostly in the form of they have feel no pain against psychic powers. They can't be targeted unless they're the closest for psychic powers. Uh, they reduce your opponent's chances to successfully get a power off, and their bolt pistols are their bolt pistols and their close combat weapons are stronger against psychers. That about wraps it up. Yeah, they uh yeah, if you target a psyker, you you will it's easier for them to target psychers and and whatnot. Um I was looking at this and if you are playing things like Crusade or you, you play a very fluffy or a very narrative driven uh, game or a list is if that's kind of your forte. I think that these guys will be a lot of fun to play. But if you're more of a competitive style player, I don't think that these guys cut it. I don't think that they cut the mustard. No, I, I don't really see it either because um, that ability, the, the big ability to me is the plus one uh, damage, and I think it was plus one to wound, or something like that, versus psychers, and the ability to target them even if they're not the closest. That sounds really, 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 really strong. But then you look at their weapons, and it's like, well, they're pistols. They, they, they have a pistol range. They're 12 inches. You may be able to pop in and, like, do something, but that's really it, then. You're, 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 you're out. Otherwise, you're just paying more points for a unit of Reavers. Uh, some people are talking, oh, these are better anti-psychers than, you know, actual anti-psyker units. I, no, not at all. These guys can be targeted, unlike an actual, um, I always want to say Eversword, it's not the Eversword. Unlike the Kalexis. Unlike the Kalexis assassin, you actually can target them with psychic powers. They actually can suffer from smite. Sure, they have a feel no pain against it, but how many times do you roll a five of feel no pain and you just fail all of them? It happens all the time. So, like, these guys are not... The big thing is is reducing your opponent's chances to get a power off, which, with the number of bonuses that you can give Psychers to these, for those rolls, the reroll stratagem for it, I, I just don't feel like that's enough to actually really threaten Psychers in a in an especially meaningful way. Yeah, like, Eldar will just laugh at that, for example, or... Uh... Or orcs, they, they'll they will they'll giggle maniacally to Gorgamork or to Asurian because it's like I said, if it's a a narrative or a fluffy you know crusade style list, yeah, these guys have they will be fun to play. There's some stories that you can and some sagas that you can make with these guys for sure. But at the end of the day, they're reavers, and I have never once use reavers i don't know really many people who do i've never seen them in a wolf's list and i 
I don't. <laughs> they're they're just not my cup of tea, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I saw them once, ever on the tabletop, and they were being fielded by a. It was actually Scarry's partner at the Hellmouth tournament, um, and I think he was playing them as Black Templar. Okay. I, I think that was the case back then, and that was yeah, that was it. That was the only time I've ever seen even Reavers. So spending more for effectively a unit of Reavers just doesn't sound like my cup of tea. No. So no, let's go on then. There, oh, I'm sorry. You can. There's better football uh, units that you can bring for yeah. the same price. Uh-huh. Totally, especially with their Omni Scramblers and weapons that can like auto wound on hit rolls of six. Like that's not even that big a deal, but it's I still feel it's more than what this is. <laughs> so uh, the next thing I thought, and I think this would be the kind of bulk, the meat and potatoes of this, uh, would be the big winners and the big losers out of this uh, book because there have been uh, a, a ton of changes to different relics, different powers. Um, I just kind of going through what what you had sent me there, I was like, wow, there are uh, the fundamental core of what this army is from before feels like it's going to change. And that's kind of what you were saying at the start here was that, you know, you're going to have an army now that can really jump on and smother people, which wasn't really something that they could really do before. Um, what? How about you go ahead and you tell me because you you're you're the expert on these guys. What is the new stuff that just gets you pumped? Okay, so for me, so over I'm going to say this is like a blanket statement here. So overall, I had extraordinarily low expectations. I had I was expecting this to be a dumpster fire of a supplement. I was expecting the worst, but I picked it up. And I got my grubby little hands all over it, and I was extraordinarily surprised. There are some incredible, absolutely incredible parts to this codex. There's some, you know, you gotta take the the rough with the smooth, right? There's some, there's some bad parts of it, but the overall, it's it's a solid little publication. So they have done, they've kept some things, they've changed a couple things as well. Um, like for example, the warlord traits—they're fairly similar. A couple of the names have changed. You know, it's no longer Saga of the Bear; it's Resolve of the Bear. Ooh, <laughs> fantastic! Thank you for changing that one word. That makes it so much better. Um, but you know, for example, the ability to fall back and charge—we've never been able to have that, and that's made us really envious watching Eldar and Harlequins be able to do stuff like that. And I've never understood why wolves couldn't do that. They're not mindless automatons who just charge into something and stay there. No, they they're they're smart. They're animalistic. They're gonna hit. They're gonna duck and weave. They're gonna hit and then they're gonna retreat and then faint and go back and forth. So that, for example, that uh, warlord trait, you know, Saga the Hunter is just that's a winner. That's an A plus. They've knocked that out of the park. It's some people would say that's even the best part of the Tyranid Kraken High Fleet trait is that you get to be able to fall back and still charge it is so universally helpful yeah yeah that you can't uh, it's indescribable how good it's going to be i've never had that ability but i just am gonna have so much fun using that and like you said um, before for the saga it doesn't matter that it triggers um 
at the end of the phase because you only ever care about the next turn on that one anyways. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, so that one, yeah, fantastic. That's that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so another couple of things that are fan, like really good. Really, really good. Um, so the Armor of Russ, that was a kind of a staple auto-bring back in 8th. Uh, the, the Relic. Uh, it's still really good. <laughs> I, it's I, still really good. It's even better now, arguably, because it gives you a built-in 2-plus save and then a 4-plus invulnerable. I choose one unit in engagement range, and they fight last. So the only thing that they've really changed is the 2-plus armor, which, yeah, fantastic. I'll take a 2-up armor save any day of the week. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, the, the other thing that they changed... Uh, another one that they, they changed that I really used to take all the time was the Wolfenstone. So it used to be anything within six inches of the bear of the Wolfenstone, you get um, plus you get an extra attack. So now it's uh, you get the bestial charge aura, which allows core units within six inches to uh, reroll charge. And then this is the nice part, right? Once per battle at the start of the fight phase, select one space wolf unit it doesn't say core it's a space wolf unit mm-hmm. within six inches the savage fury um, chapter trait goes off on a five plus instead of a six so now my unit whichever one i pick is going to have exploding fives and sixes and wait a second don't you isn't your chapter trait as well uh sorry when assault fate when the assault doctrine is active you get plus one to your hit rolls in close combat Yes. Oh my god, exploding four ups, effectively. Uh, I think actually the, the wording oh, is. It that says it's unmodified. Unmodified hit roll. Unmodified. That's a big deal, but still, exploding five ups it's, is amazing. Yes, that's really good. And the reason for that is one of the. Is, which we all get into uh, later on is the strats would have changed with those. Um, the rest of the. Well, I'm, like I'm, I'm going to actually. Relics are, are, are okay. I'm going to interrupt you a little bit on that. Going back to that armor of Russ, because when I see that ability, where you get um, anything where you get another HQ's ability that you can kind of put into one character, I always see that as uh, just incredible efficiency, and, and it's a great reason to take something. In this case, if you take the armor of Russ on guy. Yeah, you could take an actual Justicar, but kind of like why you can just have, a, you you could have a librarian, not a librarian, a wolf priest. Sorry, my uh, Mia Copa. The space <laughs> wolves do not tolerate uh, psychic powers. No, no, you, you use rune stones or something like that. Anyway, yeah. Um, anytime that you can take another HQ's uh, aura ability and put it on one of your guys, then it's like you have that guy for free because the most important thing about that guy is the aura and even having them literally be on the same model is kind of even stronger because then automatically those auras are overlapping you don't have to try to uh, scrunch your army even closer together to be in range of a few guys that are standing right next to each other now it's just one guy that you're worried about so Uh, I find that ability, and I saw that there were a few of them, and I think we'll get into them afterwards, especially with the Wolf Priest, that it looks like you can kind of build a really interesting set of auras out of one guy. And this is part of that equation, having that, that ability right there. 
Yeah. So that is definitely the Arm of Rusty has always well for probably about three years now been almost an auto take. Same with the Wolfenstone. Those have been the big winners. They've done really well, really well. The other, the other relics are okay, but the only one that really jumped out to me, and and it's oh, it's almost unfortunate because like you said, those two are just so good. It makes this one pale by comparison, but it's still fantastic. Is you can make one of your characters minus one to hit, and minus one to wound, and you can't do any. Wait a sec, is that the one that you can't do any rerolls? No, that's not. That's something else. Still, minus one to hit, minus one to wound. Uh, the minus one to wound one especially is just so big, because. One thing is I tell people, the strongest reason why the Blood Angels chapter tactic is good is it allows you to engage a whole new level of threats. Well, this is kind of that in reverse. Suddenly a whole range of threats doesn't bother you any longer. Anything that is t strength four or less, you are just laughing against it now. Especially if you have it on some guy that's already toughness five or something. Yeah, so that, that could be definitely, it's uh, the Pelt of the Beowulf. And I, I, I see what you're saying, and I agree with you completely. There will be some defensive or very tanky builds, especially with the, the Warlord trait of uh, the Resolve of the Bear. So that's a six-up Feel No Pain. Yeah. And your opponent cannot reroll wound rolls and cannot reroll the damage. Couple that with the Pelt of the Beowulf, your, your Thunderwolf Lord is going to stay there for a long time in combat. He's going to be a, an immovable object, as it were. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see that too, too much, just because, like you said, no. Armor of Rust and Wolf and Stone are just kind of in that A-plus grade, and this is this is merely an A-minus, which yeah. is still an A, but, I mean, it's just, if you're only going to take two, those are going to be the two. But still, it, it, it's an interesting option, and like you said, this is... It's a great army to have options for now, as opposed to having be stuck in a single build. This is you. Do you want to have a build that's about a guy going in and a really tanking everything? You can do it. Um, it may not be as good as some of those other ones, but this is still going to be an option, a very valid option. Yeah, that's yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um, so that was kind of the relics, and they had the special issue war gear, which are kind of like the, the generic, the, the Kmart. The Kmart relics. Of, yeah, the, the Kmarts. The, one of the things that I did notice in it um, is what they have changed a couple things. So you used to be able to take frost weapons. So you used to be able to take frost sword, frost axe, frost, uh, frost claws. Um, <clears throat> now it's been, it's a special issue war gear. So you can upgrade one weapon to being a frost weapon and it has to be a lightning claw mastercraft power axe mastercraft power sword power axe or power sword and you add one to the strength and damage characteristic of that weapon so it's eh, it's okay lightning claw that, that was an interesting change that i didn't really like but i didn't really have too much skin in the game i didn't really use frost weapons too much in the first place um then there was uh, runic weapons, so your your rune priests, your librarians. This is another one that they don't automatically get it anymore. You have to upgrade it, and it gives you uh, plus one to your deny the witch. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it adds one to the strength characteristic of the weapon. Yeah. So it's 
Yeah, it's it's meh. So it's one of those kind of weird. I can see shoving them in the corner. I can see the frost weapon one just because I mean, you've seen it a a few marine lists now. You know, we'll take what is it? Uh, uh, Some kind of relic thunder hammer or something like that on one of their sergeants or something. I like. I'm not 100 percent sure what it is. I could see instead taking a frost lightning claw, maybe. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, you got such better other options. Why, why spend your... If you love spending command points, I guess you could do it. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's a problem with the... Another problem that the wolves have is that the, to get the most out of them, you're going to hoard your CPs as much as possible for the right moment, and then you are going to spend it in one or two turns. Just shoot it all off. Yeah. it's uh, it's And it, it can be some incredible results from it at least it used to be uh with these new strats yeah you're gonna you're gonna be a happy bunny as well so let's Um, go over some of these new stratagems then sure 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 so the strats that i really liked and that i saw um so the ones that i really liked i should say um was there was uh Savage Strike, I think, is pretty Sav- awesome. Yeah, Savage Strike was definitely one of them. So, anytime you that, can, you see veterans of the Long War, it's something to pay attention to. Yeah. And for anybody so that, that doesn't understand what I'm talking about, there, uh, Chaos Space Marines have a stratagem called Veterans of the Long War. It gives you plus one to wound. Uh, and like I said, for like I just said before, for Blood Angels, anytime you have that something that affects the wound roll, allows you to engage a whole new class of enemies it, you hit so much stronger savage strike here is one cp uh for a unit of five or less guys which is going to be most of the units that you're going to see out there and adds one to all of their melee wound rolls which is pretty good especially when like you said you're going to combo that with uh you know procking extra attacks on fives uh getting extra attacks maybe on the charge from something it could that would be really, really powerful. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be gross. It's um, <laughs> wolves ain't scared of no custodes no more. No, that's, sir. That's for sure because you throw that on your Thunderwolf Cav, and okay, cool. I'm wounding you on twos now, and I'm gonna be putting 20, 25 wounds on you. Go Enjoy. ahead and save it on your four up invul. I dare you. Yeah, see how many you can make. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely Savage Strike is definitely a really really good one. Um, Pack Hunters was one as well that I saw, and it just stood out to me immediately. So this strat is you use it in your charge phase, and I select one enemy unit that's in engagement range with any Space Wolf units until the end of my turn. Each time a Space Wolf beast or Cav unit declares a charge on that target. Roll an additional d6 and discard one of the dice. As well as, until the end of the turn, each time a Space Wolf Cavalry unit makes an attack with its crushing teeth and claws against that selected unit, um, I can re-roll the wound rolls. Yeah, when I read this, the first thing that popped in my head was, uh, this is the stratagem for all those wolves that don't exist on Fenris. Yeah. (laughs) And that's for, for two CP. 
Like I was saying, the second ability you are going to be using your CP very quickly. The second ability to me really is the one that stands out for all for the rerolls to wounds. Uh, now, mind you, I think that's just for the teeth and claws. Yes. Uh, but that they those guys still get quite a number of attacks with those, and yep. that'll just help you clear out still just about anything. You can then save your your big power fist attacks or thunder hammer attacks, or whatever, for the big tough stuff. If there's anything even left alive, still, the, the first yeah. one, the first part of it, I'm, I'm, it's good. Um, but it doesn't feel nearly as potent just because you already have to have somebody in engagement range, uh, in order to do it. So it's like you got to get a guy there, and then it's like, hey, I'm already in. Come on in and join me. But that second part, you can use it even if just one unit of Thunderwolf Cavalry makes it in, and it's. Okay, it's active. Yep, and so I actually have a way to not guarantee, but definitely make this an extremely useful strat. So, oh, we can get into that later. Let's keep oh, let's going with these. Oh, I'm just so excited about the wolves. Let, let's hear it. I'm just, oh, okay, well, so the list that I've been running is very much a, an aggro in-your-face alpha strike style list, and it involves a lot of incursors, and then a lot of Invictor Warsuits. And if everyone doesn't know, whoever doesn't know about them, is that I can deploy up to nine inches away from your deployment zone with these units. And then I'm going to, for example, with my Invictors, move my 10 inches, or my Incursors, move my six inches. And then I'm gonna make that nice big greasy charge into your front lines. And then my Space Wolf, uh, the Cavalry, are gonna move their 10 inches up. Then they're going to do their advanced charge on top of that. And then they're going to do their, their uh, plus, I'm going to get the plus two to charge off with my Wolf Priest. And then right here, I have 3d6 charge discarding the lowest. There I'm, we go. Unless the, you are deploying deep, deep, deep in your deployment zone, I have a good chance of tagging you. You're in. I have, I have a really good chance of getting, I'm slingshotting most of my army into your face. That's Turn. true. If you can get something that, that is reliably getting in there, then combo with something that maybe wouldn't as reliably be getting in there, that just uh, that gives you such a, a massive amount more uh, reliability. It, that is incredible. Especially because if you have if you do still end up failing it, when you do that re-roll on the charge uh, roll, this will still be in effect, and you'll still get that 3d6 discarding the lowest. That is wonderful. All right, you know yeah. what? I actually, I just discovered something while we've been on here. My little app is telling me that I record these on. I have a maximum of 60 minutes, and we are at 47. So oh dear. we are let's, going let's to, let's get going on some of these. Okay, uh, so, the, the, one, other, so the other strat that I saw that was really useful would be counter charge. Yes. So in my opponent's charge phase, I'm going to select one of my units, and they're going to be able to heroically intervene six inches. That's really cool, right? Everyone's going to be a little bit more wary now. And that mm. costs one CP. Unless it's a character when I don't spend a CP for that. Yeah, the, the where having that be automatic for a character is huge. And still being able to use it on non-character things is phenomenal. You cannot keep away from these guys. Once you get close, you can get close to an objective and still block your opponent from it without even being on the objective. And that's very potent. Yes. Um, so those are pretty much the strats in a nutshell. There's a couple of other ones, but they're, you know, you bring extra relic, bring extra warlord trait, blah, blah, blah. 
So the other thing, there's really uh, cool there was the, one oh, thing sorry, I sorry. wanted to cover for the um, psychic powers. Yep. And that was uh, cloaked by the storm. I thought was yeah. uh, sorry. Cloaked by the storm is a stratagem. Uh, there were some other psychic powers there. What was it? There was murderous hurricane and stormcaller. So looking at this, at stormcaller especially, I kind of realized that there is kind of a way to build a, kind of like a super wolf priest that you can have them with um, the cloaked by the storm stratagem where, hey, you get off the stormcaller thing. So you have an aura of light, color, uh, light cover. You spend two command points because you got off uh, psychic power from this discipline that gives an aura of minus one to being hit and then i think there was another something that you could get for another kind of aura maybe it was that that one of the wolf the the bear one or something like that and uh you can make this this one wolf priest have just multiple multiple auras going off from his position which seems yeah. quite potent yeah, so it used to pull something similar to that with an impulsor spam list where I'd have a room priest and he'd run up and he would cast a power and then he would he would pull the Stormcaller uh, stratagem and they've changed it now to be two CP instead of three. It was a very, very CP heavy stratagem uh, and uh, play style. So you always had to have something in your back pocket to pull this off to stop everything from exploding. Um, but yeah, the, the Tempestious Discipline, they've really done a good job on it. I'm very, very happy with it for the most part. Uh, Living Lightning's cool. It's uh, arcing arc, It's an arcing smite. So I hit one thing, it's going to do D3 mortal wounds. And then I roll a D6 on a 2 or 4, a 2 to 4, the, the closest other enemy unit within 6 inches, and that's visible, suffers a mortal wound. On a 5 up, it suffers D3. So it's, it's really neat how it's arcing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was three, I think there was three powers that I really liked. Well, we're going uh, to hurricane. We're gonna jump forward on that one, though, just because we got ten minutes left. Got to get power through this. Okay, uh, yeah. Something so I haven't been there's able There's some really good ones. Uh, everybody look at Instinct's Awoken Psychic Power. Yes. That's phenomenal. Murderous Hurricane and Living Lightning. They are going to be auto-includes for your room priests. They are necessary. Murderous Hurricane especially. Just such a long range. Crazy. Yeah. Um, All right, so what are we going to go into next? Mission Secondaries. This is something I haven't been able to do because my time has run out other other times and other interviews. Got to go over these Mission Secondaries with somebody that really knows them. Tell okay. me about these. So... So I'm looking at them, and there is a real emphasis, a heavy, heavy emphasis on getting your characters and your warlord into close combat and doing the damage. Um, I like, from a fluffy perspective, I like it. From a gameplay perspective, I hate it. Why is um, that? Because I, I, I like my characters. I like my warlord. I don't want him to throw him away to go just charge a big gribbly BC. And yeah, smack him down, cause a bit of damage and whatnot, and then just have him be out in the open to get shot at the next turn. I don't like that play. I don't think it's the greatest. Um, so for example, Glory Kills. It's a purge the enemy secondary. Um, you score two victory points if a character units were destroyed by a Space Wolf unit. Um, if you make the character unit suffer three or more wounds, you get one victory point. There's another one. 
You score three victory points if any monster units were destroyed by a Space Wolf unit from your army during this battle. Same thing, but uh, for monsters. Yeah, and yeah. It, it can't count. And so, one guy can't count for both. That's it. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that. Purge the enemy, the glory kills is good. I think and that one's it. phenomenal because if your opponent has characters and monsters and maybe didn't have enough of either one of them to justify taking assassinate or uh, bring it down or whatever, uh, you can kind of still surprise them and say, oh, guess what? You still have enough of these that I can still max out a glory kills against you. Yep. So that's a, that's definitely a good one. Then there's heroic challenge. This is an interesting one. I uh, think this it's is interesting, but it, it seemed pretty it's your, awful. It's your character, your warlord, that you have to essentially issue a challenge, right? Yeah. So, uh, you're, I, I send my pick a character, and it issues a challenge, in quotation marks there, to, and the opponent must pick one character from their army to accept the challenge. Oh, they get um, to select their character to do it? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, so that could be a bit of a, a pain in the backside. If the opponent's smart, they're going to pick something innocuous that they're going to just hide, and it's going to be terribly difficult to get at. So you score five victory points at the end of the battle for each of the following conditions. The model accepted the challenge was destroyed. The model that accepted the challenge was destroyed as a result of a melee attack. And the model was a, uh, that accepted the challenge was destroyed as a result of a melee attack made by the model that issued the challenge. So you're going to be able to get kited if you have a smart opponent. Yeah. Uh, by that one. It's it's fun. I, 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 I would be wary of taking it, personally. Very wary. I, I can't. I can't see doing it. Seems to me like you're just giving your opponent. Uh, you're, you're going to play ten points down. Like, yeah, it's exactly what it is. Um, then you get into the no mercy, no respite uh, category. So this one uh, is called a mighty saga. It's a progressive objective. So you select this objective. You score two victory points at the end of each battle round for each of the following achieved by your warlord to a maximum of five victory points. An enemy monster vehicle unit loses any wounds as a result of a melee attack made by the warlord. An enemy monster vehicle unit is destroyed because of a melee attack from the warlord. An enemy character is destroyed by the warlord, or five or more models are destroyed as a result of an attack made by the warlord. At the start of command phase, this warlord is within range of an objective marker that's wholly within your opponent's deployment zone. That's the one I was kind of speaking about. That's I don't care for that one because that's me playing very fast and loose and reckless to uh, to score those 15 points yeah so that that I, seems I don't very very reckless to do i can't imagine wanting to do it just because as soon as your warlord's gone you can't score anymore and you have to put your warlord in a really risky spot to even try any of them yeah so the last secondary this one i like it's Me called too. warrior's pride it's a progressive objective again so Score three victory points at the end of your turn if two or more Space Wolf units from your army are within engagement range of an enemy unit or have completed a charge move this turn. Yes, please. Thank you very much. I'll take my free 15 points right now. Thank you. Yeah, that that's it. Because you're going to be in there all the time anyways. That one, I, maybe not free 15, but at least free 12. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. If you can, If the enemy unit or you are still standing by turn five, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, let's quickly wrap this up. Um, one fast list theory that you got, and then we're going to have to call it. Okay, so the one uh, 
I've been playing with this this list. Um, it, it involves right now in its infancy. It's three Invictor Warsuits, three squads of Incursors, all Alpha Strike deep into the uh, the neutral zone. Then I have two squads of five Thunderwolf Cav with three Power Fists, one Chainsword and a Thunderhammer. Canis Wolfborn. I have a Wolf Lord with uh, the Teeth of Terror Relic from the Space Marine Codex. Um, the, 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 the Warlord trait that allows core units to have objective secured. And then I have a Primaris Wolf Priest on a bike. And then I have five Cyberwolves, a Servitor, and a squad of Eradicators. And this is the... It's been dubbed the pressure list from hell. It's, Sounds it's incredibly like it. aggro, incredibly in your face, and it's, it's fairly fast. resilient. It's fast, it's resilient. The guys can get right in there, and then you can start... Like you said, you can start kind of smothering. And it's, it's all going to hit uh, in... Two, over just two turns of waves. Yeah. And the other kind of cheeky list that I've I've seen and I've been I've been playing with a version of it before will be the dread list. So space wolves and dreadnoughts go hand in hand like peas and carrots. They are fantastic for space wolves just because of that plus one to uh, plus one to hit in combat and the the heroic interventions it is they are it's almost like it was a dream a match made in heaven to have a all dreadnought space wolf list because we <laughs> have space wolf characters who are dreadnoughts and yeah. we have a couple of them the oldest one extraordinarily ones. good you have you have literally the oldest character dreadnoughts i think in the game yes, both in fluff terms oh, and in uh, both in fluff terms and in uh, uh gameplay terms yep Excellent. Yep. So, well, yeah, those, that's going to be one to definitely have a look at is uh, the Dreadnought build. I, I think that's going to have some serious heat behind it. Uh, well, sir, Will, uh, Bill, I thank you so much for being a part of this. I really appreciate your expert hand and your expert advice on this because you know these guys so well. And I feel like we, we got a lot of great stuff. I, I wish we actually had a bit more time. I'm, I'm sitting at about a minute and 30 seconds left. Um, so once again, I want to thank you for making out tonight and chatting with me for an hour. Not a problem. It was an absolute pleasure. I hope to see you soon. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping to see you shortly. Um, if there is any dropouts, make sure that you're signed up with the Grinning Demon with Justin. Uh, and as soon as something becomes available, I'm sure he'll let you know. So I'm at the top of that list. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll have you fight my Gene Stealer cult. And I, you've had lots of matches against Mark. I, I, want, I want my turn. That's what. That sounds... I'm, I'm peachy keen for that. Awesome. All right. Thank you again <laughs> to everyone out there listening. Thank you again for listening. Uh, this is Sudbury Scrub saying keep on wargaming. Keep scoring those secondaries. <laughs>